welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, satsurkal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's so amusing to be with you again and You know what? You're going to be so happy you're joining us today because we have such a cool guest. (laughs) And our guest today is Kat Nay, and she is a dating clarity coach. Welcome, Kat. Hi. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Samia, for having me. And I'm so excited to share with the audience how to manifest and co-create the love they always wanted. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Kat, please tell us more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So like you shared earlier, I'm a dating clarity coach. So I help my clients who are dating single, right? Or early stages of dating to get clear about who and what they want in a relationship in order to really find the one that they really want and also co-create that relationship that they've always desired. Oh, I love that. I love that. And can you tell me a little bit more about like this clarity piece of Mm. you being a dating clarity coach? Yeah. yeah, Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I called myself a dating clarity coach. So I'm not just any kind of dating coach because there's plenty of, you know, dating and relationship advice out there that are amazing and great. But what I found more effective is to actually take a step back and get clear first, like from within, right? To figure out who is it that I truly want in a relationship? What does that really look like? And what do I need to really feel fulfilled and loved and and happy? And that's where I came out with this clarity aspect of it, of creating a love vision first, right? So I have a guided journal that I released recently and to really help people with that, to you know create a really clear love vision. So it makes it easier for them to go out and when they're dating, there's less of, well, I'm not sure what I really want, or I don't know sure how to talk to this person. I don't know if we have alignment or, you know, is this really what I want? Like, because when people start dating, they can get swayed of like, well, I like this person. So maybe what they want is what I want too. So it's like removing all those doubts, removing all those uncertainties to get so clear about who and what they want in a relationship. So it makes dating so much more easier. And even when you're in the relationship, especially in the early stages with people figuring out, are we in alignment? Are we really, this is really a good fit. When you have that clarity, it's so much easier to have those conversations going, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. This is what I want. And is this something that you could fulfill? And is is this a relationship you want to create together? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so important. You just made me think about maybe like a different dozen uh, movies that I've seen (laughs) where the theme is people are confused (laughs) you know and they get into all kinds of trouble and there's all kinds of drama that gets created 
like mm-hmm. uh, for example with all these love triangle plots in movies uh, where because people don't have clarity about what they really need and what they really want mm-hmm. and um actually thinking about these scenarios it's so interesting that you mentioned both getting clear on both what you need and what you want because sometimes those two things are not the same hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the happiness 101 program are you a change maker coach trainer or healer are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers the happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Like you. There's a difference with it too, because... And there's also other influences, right? There's a lot of society influences, cultural influences, family influence, even friends thinking like, well, this is what you should, who and what you should be dating, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is what your relationship should look like. And so she's looking around us for other relationship models. We assume what those model, those, what we see is that's what a relationship is, right? And I find it really sad, which is what I really want to help change is that I feel like as you're in a relationship, your relationship should get better. It should improve, it should deepen, it should connect even more, not kind of deteriorate or kind of feel like, oh, this is just what it is, or people just kind of get stagnant or just kind of give up in the relationship. And I find that really sad. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing to really help people figure out what is it they really want, to find that true alignment. And if you find that misalignment, actually learn how to have a conversation with your partner to go, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I want, and have those levels of open and safe and transparent communication of, like I said, what you need and want in a relationship. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) When it comes to society, in terms of the expectations that uh, we feel pressured to live by, oh my God, that is such a oh I mean wow I mean yeah I totally problem yeah I totally understand that and I think that's where that's why this process is so unique and so personalized right like that's why I created this this guided journal of like asking all these prompts all these questions about different aspects of your life to really get a holistic view of what is that you really need and want like when you take away what your parents think you should have take away what society feels like you should be doing right now at whatever age you're at or you know whatever your friends feel like you should be or seeing your friends and feel like well they're dating that that type of person maybe i should be doing the same when you take away those external influences really figure out what is that in your heart and your soul and what you're looking for 
that's the most important part because every relationship is different. You can't look at one relationship and go like, I want to model that exactly and do exactly that because there's so much behind the door, behind the scenes that you don't see. And that's how you figure out what it is, what you want for yourself is that clarity first. And then you'll be able to have those conversations and then you'll be able to figure out like, okay, this is important to me. These are my non-negotiables. These are my relationship values that are important to me that I really want to honor. And, and that's where the guide comes out where it goes like, okay, this is my, this is my value, but what does that value look like for me? Cause my value and someone else's value, it might be the same word, but it could be totally different, right? Like it could show up in a very different way. So when you figure out what is my, like, you know, my own particular formula, then it's easy to say, hey, this is how I show up. This is how I need to be loved. Can you do that for me, right? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can you help me dig a little deeper in this idea of, like, how do you even begin to get more clear about um, so you use the word non-negotiables, you know, versus mm -hmm. everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, how, like, what are non-negotiables? Um, uh, uh, how, I, I mean, we know what non-negotiables are. They're non-negotiables, but in a <laughs> relationship context, how do I figure mm -hmm. out what truly um, I should be like, this is non-negotiable because, you know, there's so much concern mm -hmm. that I know I've experienced and I've seen my friends struggle with mm -hmm. in terms of, um, you know, like when we have created some kind of standard or vision that we're like mm -hmm. trying to hold on to in terms of our search for that ideal partner and then being told oh no you're 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 setting your your standards too high you're being too specific you'll never get a partner you'll never be able to find a person who's such a perfect fit and um yeah you know this is like such a constant feedback mm -hmm. when 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 I know I have been in conversations about you know, these are my standards that it it it, it can really trigger our self-doubt and be like yeah am I am I really doing a smart thing by setting all these standards and expectations about who I want yeah, absolutely. I totally get where you're coming from. And that's, I, I hear a lot of people experience that. And where I want to share with everyone listening is that when people tell you that, it's because they have their own baggage, limiting beliefs, their own vision, or their own perspective of what a relationship looks like for them. And oftentimes, when you go out there and say, This is what I'm looking for, and this is what I want that challenges what they believe in right they believe in well i can't uh, you know all the good men or women are taken you know what like whatever relationship happens that always deteriorates after all like you know people are only the best in the, you know only put their best foot forward in the beginning all those like beliefs are were actually what creates the problems because people believe in it and they, they just reenact that pattern versus going well what is it that i really want right because when you know what you want 
you're not as swayed by what other people think, right? Because you know, like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And when you have that strong belief in yourself, that is what you, that's how you manifest. That's how you draw that energy towards you. And, you know, from my own experience, like when I get really clear, that's the kind of energy that I attract in where I go, oh, this is interesting. I'm noticing, you know, all these men that I'm dating now, they all have all these similar qualities that I'm looking for. And then when, you know, when meeting a right person goes like, wow, you have a really amazing combination of all the qualities I'm looking for. And here's the distinction too, of we have in our mind of this is what I want, right? This is a vision of what I'm looking for, what I want, but it's also be willing to take a step back and go, I know what I want, but what is the real reason behind wanting that? Mm. And when you see that, okay, if this is actually a deeper reason of why I want this, then you could see, well, what are some other ways you could actually achieve that same want, that same why, without being exactly this, this particular way initially imagined. Mm. So there's a part of knowing what you want, but it's more about knowing the why of what you want and be able to also let go and step back and go, all right, universe, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And in, bring it, bring that person to me, yeah. right? Yeah. But then also going that, hey, this person might not have that quality immediately, but it's something that they could cultivate. It's something that they do have that quality, but they just show up and they show you it in a different way. Okay, now you're making me think about <laughs> a bunch of Indian dramas that I've been watching. <laughs> we always have Indian dramas on my house, my mom. Uh, you know, she, um, I mean, her English is pretty good, but, you know, she still loves uh, watching things in our language. And so, um, you know, we have one TV in the house, so we have to watch it together. And so we end up watching quite a bit of uh, Indian television. And just recently, I, I, you know, we were watching this one drama that had this actual uh theme going on where um the the heroine and the hero like on the surface they seem to be like very different people mm -hmm. but there's one person in their life that's the mom of the hero as a matter of fact who first gets to know the heroine like she meets her randomly somewhere and she starts to connect and they actually the girl and the boy's mom actually become like best friends and the mom is like my god i think you'd be the perfect fit for my son because you have all of these qualities that match with his core values and stuff but the son is a very interesting character <laughs> And he um, does. Uh, he has. Um, he can't like. He he sees certain surface level differences between him and the girl, and he's like, no, no, she's not for me. She's not for me. We we're not a match. Uh, but the mom is like, no, no. Please just give this a chance. Get to know her better because really when you look at this deeper level you guys have the same values of you know serving your families loving your families and um mm. you know uh, the way that you live out your life there's like so much commonality in in that um so disregard these surface level differences 
I mean, the dude in the drama, I mean, it's a drama, so he's still having <laughs> issues with that. Mm-hmm. But um, like, you can see the wisdom in what the mom's talking about, actually. Um, and the girl's already recognized uh, this because she's um, much more, well, the, the guy is having more challenges because he's not in a good mental health space. Um, so he needs to deal with that. Um, but, uh, you know, you can see where it's heading that once he gets in a better mental health state, that he will also see this, this reality that his mom has already seen, the girl has already recognized. And so she's like, well, been willing to sort of be more patient and sort of, um, give the relationship a chance uh, you know which otherwise I mean it would have been like nope this guy's a lost cause forget about it yeah I definitely agree with what you're saying and just like that story that you know that TV drama really highlighted is that oftentimes we put our dating they get caught up with chemistry the sexual chemistry or if we have similar hobbies and they find things that a little more on the surface level right of thinking well if that is alignment if i'm sexually attracted if we have similar hobbies and then things will be okay right but exactly like what that mom said it's more about the deeper values mm-hmm. and just want to share a little bit more, like about values in the sense of you know values are our deepest level of programming right it, it drives your behavior, it drives how you make decisions, and it dictates how your actions are, even creates your your list of priorities in a sense, right? And we know that those values, those priorities affect different areas of life as well. So, I mean, the easiest way to look at it, right, is that your values determine what you do with your time and how you evaluate if that's time well spent right? So being able to have these conversations with your partner or someone you're dating in the beginning to go like, what are your values? What are important to you? And and understand, okay, what is that that word, that label that they put on if it's like commitment or communication or whatever it is, right? Like ask more of what does that look like to you? What is that? Why is that important to you? Kind of find out the deeper meanings and how it's being show, how it shows up for them or how they need to be received. And when you find that alignment, that's how you create the deeper, stronger relationships. Because when that's alignment, it makes things so much easier. And oftentimes when values are in a misalignment, that's when conflict happens, right? And then not like conflict is bad, but that gives you opportunity to really figure out how could you work together to find that common ground after. Mm. So yeah, finding those core values and be able to understand that, it makes things so much easier. Yes, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. And I think when I start to think about the idea of non-negotiables from the perspective that what's non-negotiable is my values Mm -hmm. rather than the specifics of how I'm going to, how it might look like. um, uh, uh, Because like, for example, if I have a value for peace, I, I mean, that's one of my deepest um values um peace can look so many different ways i mean we can live peace in so many different ways it can look like ah i just get to sit and read a book 
and not be disturbed <laughs> while I'm reading. Um, but it can also be experienced in other contexts. Like if, for example, if I'm living in a home and there's kids around and they're running around and so there isn't maybe as much time as I might want in an ideal scenario yeah. to just be able to sit and quiet and read because the kids are running around. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean I still can't experience peace in my life. It just means it's going to look a little bit different and I have to maybe shift my mindset and my thinking a little bit in terms of how I can experience peace in the context of the kids running around. Yeah, exactly. And that's also your values adapting, right? Mm -hmm. If you have that value, it's a little different when you're single. It's a little different when you're in, in a relationship. It's a little different when you have life circumstances that change, like having kids and whatnot, right? So it's learning that you have that base value, but how does that continue and grow and evolve? And that's why this is a continual conversation with your partner. It's not just, hey, we had this baseline in the beginning, we have it set, then you're good right? No, you have to keep on conversing, talking about it. And also values could shift, values could change, values could kind of, you might label it in a certain way, like say peace now, but it might mean a different word later for you as you continue aging, as you continue experiencing life, that peace might be another word for you that makes more sense to you as you grow and evolve. And because we're all growing, we're all evolving. So how we see our values also grow and evolve and change with us too. Yes, exactly. Because like for me, this has definitely been very true. Like for me, um, in my younger days, mm. uh, I think like even up to like maybe my mid-20s or something, for me, peace meant I needed solitude. I needed alone time, me time. Um, because being around other people, like I... I didn't have the skills that I do now in terms of, first of all, managing my own emotions. And I had very little ability to manage or deal with anyone else's um, hard emotions. And so like my, um, the best I could do at that time with, you know, where I was at and the skills that I had was like to just step away <laughs> And just be like, I just need to be by myself because I can't deal with emotional upheaval. I like, I had a very low tolerance for it. And so for me, yeah, like for me to have peace then, I really did need a lot of solitude. But as I've healed and grown, um, you know, now I can, you know, be with people. And even when there's like stuff going on, like difficult things going on, I'm actually one of the people who stays the most calm and peaceful in in those uh, circumstances and um, I like to um, you know really um, think that not only am I able to stay calm and peaceful in those situations for myself but more and more now I'm able to actually help the people around me begin to feel more calm and peaceful as well so as my capacities have changed my the way i experience peace has also been shifting and changing yeah so 
that's cool that's cool yay yeah thanks for sharing your story and how and to illustrate how it's evolved and changed through time it definitely makes a difference yeah and and so in the context of relationships to realize that that it's actually a good thing uh, that we will change and to be with a partner who is open to changing and growing with you yeah absolutely and i think that's the part where a lot of relationships as they kind of progress for a longer time starts having those misalignments is because the two partners aren't growing together right like one person might be growing or some might might not be or you know they're they're not having these conversations to make sure they're still on the same page as well right cuz as you continue growing and evolving what your goals are what your vision of what you like to be could start changing and that's where people start you know going to different paths or you know they start different levels of growth and that's what creates you know the disharmony in a relationship right because you guys are on the same page anymore you're not the same person anymore of when you guys started right so it's being very intentional and very conscious of how you are also growing and evolving your relationship as life continues because oftentimes people get so focused on other areas of life like career is a big one right people get so focused on career or when people have families they're so focused on the kids right like when that that big like you know another area of life kind of really starts changing and really taking all your focus away it's actually being really important to really think of how to still work on your relationship at the same time right don't let it be like a alarm out there of like flashing lights and stuff going there's something going on there's something wrong right like this is the warning sign you don't want to wait for the warning sign you want to go before you get there let's make it preventative let's have more deeper conversations let's have regular check-ins to see hey how are things going you know what is it you know is there anything that's been bothering that you haven't mentioned or what on take time to talk about right and when you create that safe space with your partner on a regular basis and just be like caring about the relationship as a whole so it's not just one person or the other it's actually together right of as a relationship as a whole what is it that we have to do to continue making it better and having those conversations i love this point that you're making of don't wait till things have become bad or the 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 flashing lights are now on like take preventive measures cuz uh, what's that uh, saying prevention is uh the best medicine i think or something or, or, like uh, something like that yes and it's like so much more fun and easy <laughs> to like prevent mm-hmm. and do the stuff that needs uh like um that uh, that will help you to prevent than to end up in a crisis and then to have to deal with it i mean yeah eventually i mean i don't i just being human there will be times that we will miss necessary prevention uh work and there will be times when we might find ourselves in crisis but at least if we have this value of of prevention and this value of you know um uh, working on our relationship to make it better and grow uh in a conscientious way then then um we can we can minimize the um, number of times in our life when we find ourselves in this crisis seemingly out of the blue or unexpectedly 
And yeah, oftentimes when you think like, ah, it came out of the blue, like, where did that come from, right? But honestly, that's been something that's been building little by little by little in the background until it pretty much explodes, right? So it's actually preventing that ahead of time by like, okay, before it turns into this big argument, before it turns into the big disagreement, like, let's have a conversation first. Let's let's dig, you know, I think it's also work on both sides, right? To have that awareness, for example, in myself of going, okay, why did I get triggered? Why, you know, what was I thinking or what beliefs led to me thinking this was an issue or a problem or whatnot? And I should do the internal work, having that self-reflection, that awareness within myself. So when I do have that conversation with my partner to tell him, hey, I got triggered because of this reason. And now trying to come together to find a solution versus going, I'm blaming you. You did this, you did that. Because that, that never helps, right? It's actually coming to them like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I experienced. And this is what I need your, your help to come in with. Or I need to hear where your perspective is because maybe what I thought of what you are thinking was totally off, right? So I want to hear from you or in perspective, what happened? What were you thinking? And let's try to find a way to minimize this going forward. Yes. And by having those different kind of conversations than just waiting for like, yeah, a blow up to happen or just, you know, where you can't, where the emotions are so strong that it's hard to calm down and really think in a very objective way of what happened. Yes. And you know, you just reminded me of a research study uh, mm -hmm. that totally validates what you're saying because so in this study, um, uh, this was, um, the researchers actually what they wanted to look at was with couples um, how frequently uh, couples talk about things that bother them in the context of their relationship and see if there was any um, relationship between the frequency of these kind of conversations between them and the quality of their relationship in terms of their the their overall sense of happiness and being together and you know feeling a sense of you know yes our relationship is healthy and we're we're in a good place and actually interestingly the researchers they they before they uh, started collecting the data they had an expectation that um, less frequent talking about things that bother you in the context of your relationship would be likely to correlate with the state of being in a happy relationship. Because if you're like complaining about this bothers me, that bothers me, it seems to make logical sense that that kind of uh that might create a sort of not happy environment mm -hmm. in your relationship mm -hmm. but interestingly what they found out was that the couples who had the happiest relationships who felt most happy and satisfied and committed in their relationships actually spoke more frequently about the things that bothered them and the thing was that you also beautifully highlighted Kat was that the reason why the more frequent talking didn't end up creating unhappiness in the relationship is because of the manner in which that they spoke about 
what bothered them. Uh, so they did it in a way that was loving and oftentimes playful and um, definitely like in this context where they felt safe to express to each other what was bothering them and it was it basically served the function of nipping in the bud things mm-hmm. that could have potentially grown and created more trouble later on just like you were saying so research actually totally backs you up yes <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and yeah I, it, i don't know also it's from personal experiences too because you know i i admit i've i used to do that too and that's where i i learned i learned that communication style from other people from other moral models and and realizing wait that's not effective that that just builds up more yelling more disagreement like nothing's being resolved people both sides are just pissed off and it's like well how can i do this differently i think that's where i was trying to learn and experience and kind of find out information i'm, I'm amazed i totally want to hear the research i'll find i'll ask you about it after that yeah it's like finding out like having these harder they feel like harder conversations but they're actually conversations that actually bring you closer like i totally agree the part of thinking that you know having these difficult conversations oh i don't want to i don't want to break the peace things are going well right i don't want to bring that up but that's actually when you do need to bring it up because yeah. there's something that within you that's feeling there's something a little off something that i'm not feeling right and have those conversations with your partner that allows your partner to understand Oh, I didn't realize you were feeling that way. I didn't know me doing this meant you were you thought a certain way or you were feeling I, it triggered you in some way that made you uncomfortable when that was absolutely not my intention at all, right? So when you have those conversations ahead of time and when you talk to both sides and both sides openly tell each other, "Wait, that's what happened or that's how you saw what happened or you know, oh, that's what you were feeling." It's just that openness, that understanding that conversations creates more of that loving that connection and that deeper you know that deeper connection with each other because you don't often do that with a lot of other people out there unless they're really close friends but that takes time to build and your partner is one of the most important people in your life because you know how um you know you're supposed to you're the five people you spend the most time with is like you know who you are in a sense right like your partner your partner is with you all the time right that's your life partner so you need to be able to build that deepness that connection with them and you see people out there right with like when they have a really good relationship with their partner it they're not alone anymore you have a partner in life to handle those life challenges to handle those difficult things happening in life because you're not alone and you have that support system to get through it together but when you don't create that connection with your partner and you're trying to tackle it on your own it feels tiring, it feels draining. You feel like you're battling against your partner as well because that person you you haven't got the bot in or you haven't really brought your partner in to where you are together. You're not going at it as a team, you're going at, at you're going at it as an individual. Yes. Oh my gosh, god. You know, I think there might also be a bit of a cultural element here maybe because i was having this conversation with actually one of my cousin's sisters a few weeks ago where um you know because uh one of the communities of people that i love to work with and serve 
are survivors of domestic violence. I'm actually a trained crisis counselor mm-hmm. um, for domestic violence survivors. And um, that particular day when uh, my cousin and I were talking and my sister was actually also there with us, um, the reason we started having this conversation was because one of our friends in the community uh, is going through some difficult times and uh, my my cousin was um, sharing uh, with me what she uh, because she knows about my working with survivors of domestic violence and she wanted to get my feedback on hey with what we're seeing in this couple's relationship is this something that's potentially abusive or is it just more like normal conflict and um anyway i won't get into the details of what that situation was but the conversation part of the conversation that came out of our starting from there was this that Uh, in our culture and now right now I'm talking about our Indian Pakistani culture it's almost like we're trained as women um, not to talk to our husbands about things that are bothering us mm-hmm. especially about our husbands uh, and uh Because there is this uh, expectation or like if you are, are you know, t- traditional in the traditional aspect of the culture, you know, the relationship between husband and wife, um, honestly, it's not an equal relationship. It's not an equal relationship. And what we are taught as women is that You know, you need to, um, like your husband is in some ways like in a superior position to you and uh, he has the right to tell you what to do and you need to listen and follow his lead. Mm. And um, and you can't complain to him about him uh, because if you complain If you question his decisions, his attitudes, his behaviors, then that is seen as disrespectful mm. and that is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so when things do bother women in their relationships, where do they go? Uh, what do they do? And so what happens is that they talk with each other. And so it's so common for women to be talking with each other about all these problems that they're having with their husbands mm-hmm. and uh, they do their best, I suppose, um, to advise each other on how to deal with things. Um, and sure, I'm sure it's helpful to a certain extent. And there are problems that you just can't solve by try and deal with it on your own level. Uh, There's some problems where you have to bring it up with the person that you're having that experience of problem with. Yeah. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you do. That is 
Yeah. So thank you for helping all those people out there that are experiencing that. And yeah, you highlighted a really great point of the whole cultural aspect and how that really influences what a relationship is now, right? Even though that is something that was established hundreds of years ago or you know generations and stuff like that, but that still affects how we are living today because that's what's passed on from generation to generation to generation. And I think that's where we're in a really unique kind of space right now in a sense where people are starting to and willing to do something different. They're willing to show up differently, wanting to have a different kind of relationship and be able to break beyond that cultural, beyond that societal like expectations or desire or obligations and whatnot to create a relationship that they want that, to make them happy, right? So yeah, I can totally understand that. And, and that also highlights another part too of your partner can't be your everything, right? There are certain conversations that, you know, you, it, it is easier to talk to a fellow woman about it or talk to a friend who could understand your situation could, to really kind of think through or process what's going on with you. There are times where it may not be as easy to process with your partner immediately because you need to do your own internal work first. You need to understand what happened or what were you feeling. And sometimes it's easier to have that conversation with a friend or with a coach, with a therapist or a trained professional that can really help you through that um, to really process what you're going through before you come back and talk to your partner and go, hey, this is what happened and how can we resolve it together? Because in an argument and in, in a disagreement, one side needs to back down or one needs to step aside or whatever you want to label it. But there's a part of needing to take, to kind of move away from the, the tension to do something different in order to change what the result is going to be, right? Because if both people are still battling and fighting, it, it's just headbutting. You're not really getting anywhere. But if someone starts shifting and go, okay, I'm not going to fight with you anymore. Let's actually find a resolution or let's take some time away for both of us to calm down first and then come together, right? So it's, it is having that element of, yeah, maybe you do need to take that away from your partner, have a conversation with other people who understand or who can really take that time to process with you what's going on before you bring it back to your partner. And just with your situation, talking about how culturally you can't really bring that back with your partner and that is really challenging you totally yeah, see that. and the thing is that it's not like our culture is uniform you know i mean i think this is one way that some people in the culture are yeah but i think that is a problematic way and the, the people who are in these kinds of relationships like you can see you can see yeah. the suffering that they're experiencing and so I'm like you know I want to look at people within my own cultural community who are following a different model and there are lots of them like I have so much love and appreciation for my grandparents especially like my um on my mom's side um my grandfather and grandmother they were such like, such an inspiring example because they did not fit into this kind of traditional yeah. um, setup uh, in how they treated each other. Not at all. Like, um, I mean, in some ways, uh, maybe again, like on the surface of things, maybe, you know, we, we still had a... Um, 
like uh, like my family by and large still leading a very traditional uh, lifestyle you know where we're where we have always lived in a joint family system and we definitely have a, a strong ethic for respecting our elders and there is definitely um you know like um hierarchy that we recognize in the in terms of the different roles that different people in the in the family structure serve and but what my grandparents demonstrated was that the the power dynamics um in the there is a difference between the um how you exercise power in the context of doing performing your role of doing this duty or doing that duty and there's a difference between that and how you actually love and treat each other and relate to each other at, at a human level and so it's like yes you can have different roles in the family where like my grandmother she was a homemaker she didn't go out to work and stuff never i don't i don't think she ever did any work to earn money she was a homemaker through and through and my grandfather was the one who was you know going out there being the breadwinner all of that good stuff um so in that case they in, in that sense they had that traditional uh mm-hmm. separation of roles but when they related to each other as a couple they 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 were beautifully wonderfully like they you didn't feel like my grandfather was you know at a higher status or something like that they were just so i mean they consulted with each other um you know about everything um they valued each other's opinion on every little big thing um and you know like when my grandfather passed away it just really really hard for my grandma and mm-hmm. you could see something in her that like she she lost and never quite recovered um yeah that's an amazing relationship i think that's the type of relationship a lot of us all aspire to right to be in a relationship like that where you're both respected your opinions even though there's different roles um but then it's still respected and loved and there's compassion and and I think that's why you're so touched by it too. And I'm even really touched by it. It's that level of connection between them that really inspire you to be like, that's a relationship I'm looking for. That's the one I want. Yes. And I think there's a really uniqueness of what happened between your grandparents of, yeah, they both have their role. It, it sounded like a very traditional, the man is the breadwinner, the, the woman is the homemaker. And I think how that's changing now in society is that, you know, now that's 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 not always the same, right? It's blending, it's different. And I think what makes a couple work is understanding what their roles are, mm. embracing the roles, accepting it, and also respecting the other person's role in it too. Yeah. And also be able to go, okay, if that is your role, how can I support you in that role too? Or what are things that, okay, like if that's your role, then, you know, what are some 
you know, underlying things that you need to be in that role or other lines that you need support in that or like then be able to communicate that with your partner and also other side going okay that's your role i'm i'm not going to try to fight with you right but i think oftentimes now when because the roles are not as clearly defined it makes it really muddy and unclear and people are battling trying to figure out this power dynamic thing when it doesn't need to be a power dynamic yeah. it's just more of a how do you collaborate I want to change that. How do you collaborate together as with your partner as a team to work towards it together versus going, I need to have the power. This is what I do. I'm the one who makes the decisions. Like when it turns into that, it, I'd say it's a little more like on the ego side of like, this is what I need to do this. And it has to be my certain way. It's a level of control, right? Yes. So when you let go of that and going, okay, this is not about my ego. This is not about who's right or wrong. This is not about who has the power or whatnot. That's why I was saying like the relationship is a separate entity in a sense. Yeah. How do you do things to, for the best of the relationship as a whole mm-hmm. versus what's best for me or what's best for you? I mean, that is important because it comes together what's best for the relationship. But as we all, and that's when times of arguments, it's not about I'm right, you're wrong. This is how it needs to happen. Like it's more about, okay, well, what can we do, come to do to come together to create that solution, to create that unity and create that collaboration? Yes, yes, yes. And I, I think I just realized what I was trying to express and you talked about the, in terms of what was going on with my grandparents that was so beautiful yeah. is that <clears throat> they had the different roles, um, but they valued each other's roles equally like my the one person didn't think the other person's role was more important than the other they were like yes your role what you're doing is just as important as what i'm doing and both of these things are needed for us to have a healthy happy family yes i love that you said that and made that distinction because that is so important it's be able to value and respect and go and honor their role in their relationship and what value they bring and to go and actually also show that appreciation too it's like thank you for doing what you do because when you're a partnership there there are always going to be strengths and weaknesses and whatnot but when you kind of come together and can you know, leverage each other's strengths, help each other, each other's weaknesses and come together and value each other and what each other does for the relationship, for the family, for, you know, bringing income or, you know, creating the lifestyle they want, like at all the elements, it definitely makes a relationship a lot stronger because I think that's where the power part comes out of, well, power means someone is more or less or someone's stronger or weaker. And it's not really that case because that strength and weakness it's 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 based on the scenario right it's very different based on the scenario one scenario could be like that's powerful but another scenario that's actually a weakness right so it's blending that together as a couple to create that strength yes one yes mm-hmm. uh, you just made me think about some movies but <laughs> where you know the theme is the, uh, the men and women trying to learn appreciation for each other's role Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I've seen so many movies where, you know, they will, where they're not getting along, they're fighting, they don't value each other's role. And then at some point 
they'll be like okay well if you think my job is so easy you do my job and then the other person will be like well if you think my job is so easy you do my job and then they try to do each other's jobs and then they realize oh my god the other job that i thought was so easy is totally not so easy and yeah. i cannot do it so bad and now i can really appreciate my partner for what a wonderful job they do at the, at their job exactly and i think that's why people don't only see one side it's like because you do the job so well you make it look so easy but yeah. you're thinking that 20 different things that needs to happen you're juggling all that and oftentimes when you're stepping on the outside you're another person you don't realize all the things you're considering and figuring out problem solving balancing and juggling and there's a lot that goes on so i think that is a great way of actually seeing like wow you do a lot of stuff for the family or for the for the for the relationship and for or for your job whatever it is and to even have conversations about it i think that's where conversations can help if okay you can't if you can't really put yourself in that person's role entirely like those those right. shows well then have those conversations to understand wait why is why does this feel so challenging or what are you doing that's you know like just understanding any issues or problems or even understand like what is it that you do that make it so amazing and so easy right so it's learning and appreciate each other yes and you know i think that i just realized another thing with my grandparents that they did for each other that uh helped them to really appreciate each other so much is that even though like for example my grandmother never worked in the business that my grandfather had she accompanied him so much of the time uh, and went with him and saw what he was doing and similarly with my grandfather he made time to stay at home and just uh, be there and he when he was at home you know he he paid attention to what was going on and who was doing what and so like for example when um like he would notice times when there was too much on my grandmother's plate and he didn't necessarily um, uh, step in and say, okay, I will do this work for you. Uh, but he would call on someone else in the family or call one of the uh, other, like we had uh, my, my grandparents happily, like, uh, I mean, they didn't start out very rich, but my grandfather was a brilliant business person and, um, you know, eventually they ended up being millionaires, multi-millionaires. And so then they had like this whole um, like army of servants and people working at and, you know, in their place. So he would like call and he'd be like, help, help your grandmother take take over and do this task. Or he would call a servant and be like, um, you do this. This is your job. Uh, and I don't want to see my wife doing this uh, uh, anymore, you know. And so he really paid attention to what was going on. And so, uh, wow, I, uh, I, 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 I don't think I ever fully appreciated this wow. before, that this was like one way that just through observation, Mm -hmm. um, they were able to gain more of an appreciation of each other's roles and 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 support each other. That's amazing! Wow, that's that's a great 
That's amazing that you recognize that and have that awareness, even thinking about now, like realizing how much that contributed to it. It might seem so small, but it, it's really the little things like that in life that really make the difference. And it is through observation. It is, it is through, you know, knowing your partner so well, like, ooh, you're kind of kind of guessing intuitively know, okay, this is where you need help or hey, stepping in to ask you, do you need help with anything? And, and also being aware of what's going on with them to ask, hey, are you okay, right? I think just having that ability to understand each other so well and be able to step in and create that support makes both sides feel so appreciated, right? And to and I think that's oh, just hearing that definitely it's like wow, that definitely all these little things make a difference, and it's it because they continue making the effort, like we were talking about earlier. Your grandfather made the effort. Your grandmother made the effort, yeah. right? Because the continual making effort, they didn't really just let things slide or be like, oh, whatever, that's your problem. I'm not going to handle it. It's go, no, it is your problem. So how could we figure it out together, right? And that's what really makes a relationship so important and, and so supportive too, yeah. right? Because I think life becomes easier for both sides when you have that support. Yes. Oh. Oh my gosh, Kat. I think we could keep talking forever. Yeah. 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 Oh, we need to wrap. Do you have any last thoughts for right now? Yeah, I think one last thing to kind of wrap up things that we've talked about earlier of, you know, just kind of having conversations of, you know, telling your partner where you're looking for or what you want and how you need to feel fulfilled or happy or what is it that you need, right? And you just want to remind people that your request is not a demand. Your request is a conversation, an opportunity for you and your partner to actually become closer as a couple because you're communicating with each other what your needs are and have and kind of create that space to have that being fulfilled. So that, yeah, that's my last little thought to share with your audience. Thank you, God. That's yeah. a wonderful, very wise thought for us to start wrapping up on. Uh, and for my last thought to share, I will just say, please, to everyone who's listening, please check the show notes because we will be dropping Kat's links in the show notes so you can connect with her and get some help and support and getting more clear about who you are, what you want for yourself and in your relationships and make it more fun and easy yeah absolutely thank you so much Samia had so much fun talking to you and just hearing those amazing stories from your life and your grandparents so thank you for sharing and all that you do thank you God and until we connect again I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy thank you